0: Now, last Sunday morning, we began talking about a, a young lady. And if you were not with us, I want to kind of bring you up to where everybody else is. I don't want you to kind of jump in and figure out what happened. You know, it's hard when you do that with a with show or something like that. You, you, you spend the whole, a whole hour or whatever trying to figure out, well, what happened? And so this lady that we're talking about today, she was in a situation that, that I don't ever want to be in. I don't want uh, my family to be in. But people are in the same situation that, that Naomi's in. And people are in the same situation, unfortunately. I've already said that about requests a while ago. That Ruth's in. And what happened was this, this lady Naomi had a husband by the name of Elimelech and they had two sons, and Elimelech passed away, but within 10 years, both of her sons passed away, and the two daughter-in-laws were left uh, childless with their mother-in-law, Naomi. And so the the Bible tells us that there was a famine that was in the land, and Naomi knew that her two daughter-in-laws were still very young young enough to still bear children and uh, find another husband and she she took a lot of blame herself uh, self I'm going to say it self-inflicted blame that the reason this was happening to those two girls was because of her and she kept apologizing and all during her apology she would always refer to God the Almighty, which is El Shaddai, and she, she would say that the Almighty has afflicted me or the Almighty has brought this upon me. And so she really felt bad for these two daughter-in-laws and she didn't want them to live the rest of their life in her grief and whatever punishment she was going through. So she said, y'all need to go and find you a boy somewhere. And, of course, that's the Opie translation right there. But she said something similar to that. And they said, no, we're staying here with you. But she kept on hounding them. And then one of them, Orpah, or Orpha, you know, people say all kind of Bible names and everybody's right is what I say almost all the time. She finally took her mother-in-law up on the offer and she hugged her neck, kissed her, and, and she sent her on her way and she went on her way. That's all we know about her. We don't know anything else. We don't know what happened where she went, but we do know this. We know that the daughter, Ruth, the daughter-in-law, Ruth said, I don't care what it is. If it's down to death, I'm not leaving you. Where you go, I'm going. Where you stay, I'll stay. What you eat, I'll eat. The God you serve is the God I serve, And, and not even death will separate or stop me and my commitment to you. So she says, okay. So they went on to this land, and Bethlehem because they heard that there was provision made by God there. And so as they packed up and they made the trip, when they got settled in, this is kind of where we are today in chapter 2. Ruth asked her mother-in-law, Naomi. She says, please mother-in-law let me go let me go and 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 let me go try to find wheat for us and she and she told her to go on. and as she she went on she found the field and she started kind of picking behind the people that were reaping and she would get what she could and as she gathered everything uh the man that owned the property that she was owned by the name of Boaz, he came and he greeted his workers. And he said, bless you. And they saw that it was their master, their employer, and they said, oh, bless you. And then all of a sudden, the Bible tells us that Boaz took notice and he saw a young woman over there. And so he asked his supervisor, the head servant over all the gleaning, he says, oh, My word, who is that young lady over there working so hard? And he said, Well, as a matter of fact, her name is Ruth. She's the young Moabitess woman that that came from Moab. She's the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And so he knew all about her. And and he said to his boss Boaz, he says, And you know what? That girl has been here all day long and she's picked up behind us and she, she's not even really taking a break hardly at all. She hasn't taken not one break hardly. And then the Bible says, and I'm going to read this to you beginning in the 8th verse. After all this had taken place, then Boaz came up to Ruth and said, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here. But stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the fields which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And what he was saying, I told them not to to look on you like you were stealing or you were taking something that were not yours. He said, I've told the young men not to touch you. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. this was not custom, folks, but I'm going to keep reading. So she fell on her face at that moment and bowed to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And I want you to listen close to these next two verses. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people you did not know before and verse 12 reads this listen closely the lord repay you as this is boaz speaking now the lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Close your eyes. God, I pray you would bless this word and help us to hear, help us to receive, help us to understand, and we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Amen. I was trying to be very kind to you, but it didn't work out. I mean, we were just right on the threshold of you being able to see a little bit better. But anyway, we're here, and that's a good place to be because there's a couple of things that we're going to focus on right now that I believe with all of my heart that God, He saved for such a time as this. I could have preached this a month ago, I mean, uh, a year or two years ago or whatever, and I probably preached about Ruth at some point. But I want everybody to here today because you're, you're living right in the middle of this right now. It, it applies to you, and I, I'm saying this kind of sort of like I did a week or two ago, but I want you to understand something. First of all, if you're under 25, I want you to really memorize what I'm about to tell you because it will pay huge dividends right now, but it will really kick in and pay you back as long as you're breathing on this earth. And the first thing is that I want you to understand under the age of 25, but everything I'm saying applies to anybody, but I got to make a lot of emphasis right now that when you do right, beginning with honoring your father and your mother, word gets out. You may not hear about it down here, but I'm telling you, word travels fast in heaven. And God keeps up with everything you do when you honor His His word. And that includes, you shall honor your father and mother that your days be long. But I'm not going to stop right here because... Ruth was not honoring her biological mother, folks. Ruth was honoring her mother-in-law like she was her biological mother. And when you serve at this level, God takes you out of the under 25, if this is the case, year old. He takes you out of that category where everybody else your age, regardless of what's going on, He takes you out of that. And he puts you up here on, not a shelf, but a pedestal, not in an arrogant or prideful way, but in a way of reservation for a blessing that he, and only he can give and do to you and for you. He takes you when you do that. Because Jesus was the one that said, in the 15th chapter of John, he said, you know, There's no greater love than you can have for a person than when you lay down your life for that person. And this is what she did. Ruth literally laid her life down in Moab. She laid her religion down. She laid her biological family down. And this was all God doing this. But yet, she had to make a decision because God didn't create robots in His own image. He said let us make man in our own image and that's what you and i we have this thing that's called free will free choice we can do god gives us options to choose right or wrong he gives us options to either serve or be served and with both of those come price tags one price tag is a positive price tag, and it's a pedestal. And you set, you look like a servant. You look like you're putting more into everybody else and everything else now. But no, you're not. You're not. You are investing. And when you invest with God, oh, nobody or nothing in this life can never pay you back like God can pay you back and give you favor and open doors and do things. We've got so many examples. I can go down the list. I'll go to Joseph real quick. You know he got hooked up he got sold by his brothers he got thrown into a pit he got thrown into jail all he did was right he got lied on and lied upon but you know what God used him to save the whole planet when the time he was put on a pedestal. It looked like God was beating the fire out of him. He had done it all wrong. But no, really, he had done it all right. And when you do it all right, God just has to take some detours and some hard left and right turns to put you where he needs to put you so he can do what he's going to do at the appointed time. And this is what happened. So under 25, listen, she honored her mother-in-law. And when you do that, and see, she had every right to do just like her sister-in-law had done. And there was nothing wrong. In fact, her mother-in-law probably got upset that she didn't until she realized, I'm not going to win this battle. you talking about a cat fight? Oh, my goodness. The big cat didn't win. The feisty little cat is the one that won. But it was really God winning. And I, I can't help but, but read this and think about And And, you know, I, I'm going to call his name again. He's not here and he can't make a face at me today, but I'm going to say Mike Webb. And he he definitely wouldn't want me to do this, but I'm definitely going to do it. But you know, the whole time, I believe in giving honor where honor is due. And I'm kind of trying to give you a current picture of what this looks like. And it's it's my favorite go-to. But the whole time, both of Sheila's parents was alive when Sheila was still with the school system before she retired. He would even go, both of them would, but Mike would go check on Mr. and Miss Britt. And then when she passed away, every day, somewhere around lunchtime, you could find Mike Webb over at Scottish Pines making sure and feeding Virgil Britt. That was his father-in-law. He did that religiously. He did that, I don't care what he had to do, what was going on, Mike was retired, he could do anything you wanted to do, but I can tell you this, he was there honoring, honoring his father and mother-in-law, but more than that, he was honoring the word of God. Whether he looked at it that way or not, doesn't matter, God sure did, and I believe that when we prayed a while ago, I believe just because of that alone, he's the God of kidney stones. He's the same Mike Webb that was supposed to have prostate surgery and and he didn't. God stepped in and took care of that. And I know I'm spending a lot of time, but I want everybody to hear me today. I didn't come here just to like give you a a sermon and you figure out whether you liked it or not or it was good or bad. I'm here to read out the Word of God and tell you this: God honors people that honors His Word, and it's not convenient. It, it's sure not going to make the high algorithms of Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok when you do servanthood, it's not. but you know what it will? It'll make it'll get higher in the algorithm of God and the Holy Ghost in heaven when you do what God says to do because God looks at you and he don't have to search in a crowd of servants. He don't have to search in a, a crowd of roots because there's never a crowd of roots there's one here there's one there there's one on a hillside watching his daddy's sheep and then he just goes in at the right time he didn't ask for it but God knew about David and he used David when he was a teenager under 25 to take and like I read in the devotion that Angie shared with me today I believe when he got the five smooth stones that was just an object lesson to use for boys and girls in Sunday school one day I believe the giant Goliath was dead when he made his mind up that that giant would no longer defy his God. See, folks, you're living in 2021. You've got to make decisions whether or not you're going to let the world to continue to defy your God or you're going to just say, well, I don't care. I ain't got nothing but rocks. I ain't got nothing but a little prayer closet. I don't have nothing but a little New Testament. I don't even have a full Bible, but I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to fight The good fight of faith until God calls me home and God will say, Well, look, if you feel that way about me and my word and my work, Ruth, then this is the way I feel about you. I'm just going to use you in a way you never imagined. So I know when we read John 15, we think about laying our physical life down to die. But I want you to just hang right there for a minute And think about laying your physical life, meaning yourself, meaning things you like. I don't mean you have to be a monk or a Quaker or anything else and live uh, like you're off the grid or something like that. No, we are in the world, folks. We're just not of the world. We're in it, though. So we're in this world, and God's got us here in this world, and we've got to realize if we really want to get catapulted by God, then the way you do that is the glory as I always say the glory is on the floor You do this by serving. You do this by saying, listen, I'll take the scraps in the field. I'll take the crumbs that are left over. I don't have to have the choice because little is much when God's in it. I'll just take what God supplies. It don't have to be a full stall. Just let me get what I have and then God will bless it. God will multiply it. God will cause it to increase. And when God sees that kind of attitude, God sees that kind of personality, God says there's no reason. In my word that I will bless them And show them great and mighty things That they know not of Hallelujah And what's so good about this story If you can look at this through the eyes of Calvary This is a perfect picture of what salvation looks like In the New Testament it's giving us an eyeshot of this And I want you to listen to it Because see what you and I have to do. We've got to realize, are we really willing to lay our lives down? What do I mean? I need to stop there. The the Spirit of the Lord just quickened me and said, you probably need to explain that so everybody knows what you're talking about. When you lay your life down, that means you literally... Do not take you into the equation or you don't see how everything is going to affect you first before you commit to doing it or not. You just say, nope, you're hard-headed, spiritually hard-headed like Ruth. You're going to say, nope, I gave God my life, so I'm giving him my everything. I'm giving him my day. I'm not going to be one way when I'm around my friends or my team or my crowd. I'm not going to be one way on social media, but then I'm going to just do the church thing when I'm there and be brother or sister holy, not doing that. I'm not a lukewarm, vomit-looking Christian. I'm not. I'm going to be the same all the time. And I'm going to make sure that people know that I am more in love with Jesus than myself or anything I own or anything in this world. When you get right there, you're well on your way, by the way. You just say, no... I thank God for what I have. I thank God for who I am. I thank God for what he's done. But my real passion in life is the man that loved me to bleed and died on a cross. And I want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's a power of salvation. Listen to me. Jesus wants everybody to know this, that when you come to him, you've got to make a decision. I thought anybody could get saved. Anybody, John three sixteen, whosoever will, the Lord will save him. Whosoever will, for God so loved the world that whosoever will come to him. But you do have to make a decision. You've got to decide whether you're going to just kind of use Jesus like an Uber. Uh, you know, I would get you to do something corny, but I'm not. Just say, uh, I'm an Uber Jesus kind of person. But don't do that. That's really corny. And I'll get attacked for that after church. But I want to make a point there. In other words, you just use the app and you call him and you get him to take you somewhere when you just need to get somewhere and, and you don't want the hassle to deal with driving. You don't want the hassle to figure out, God, I'm in trouble. I'm in a bind. I just need, I just need an Uber moment with you to get me from here to there. You got to make a decision. You got to say, now wait a minute. And this is where it's going to kind of get tight for a minute, but just hold on. You got to decide whether you really don't care about Moab anymore. Are you with me right there? Because, see, if you got one leg in Moab, you can't be a hundred percent dedicated to Naomi. You can't be a hundred percent after the right God the right place in the right setting so God can do the right thing so you've got to make a decision I will give you another Bible story I love using the Bible the Bible speaks pretty good for itself young man Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree because he wanted to see Jesus and let me just tell you this is what salvation looks like I know a lot of people that tell me and proclaim to be Christians But I can't find one thread of Jesus in them. Not one thread. Uh, Are you judging? You don't have to judge somebody that ain't showing up. You don't have to judge somebody that that doesn't display Jesus or doesn't speak Jesus or doesn't walk with Jesus. You don't have to. It speaks for itself. Amen, church. Amen. So you've got to decide, you see, like Zacchaeus. This is real salvation. When you really get down off of your high horse, the tree, because you don't want to get involved. You just want to spectate. But see, when you fall in love and say, no, I just can't have a a, a visual uh, relationship with Jesus. I can't just have a a far away. I want to get down there where he is. I want to get down here. And Jesus said, you come down here where I am today? Oh, my goodness. I'm eating at your house then. You don't want me from up there. You want me right here. He said, Well, I'm coming to your house then. I don't know how many priests, how many scribes, how many Pharisees. I don't know how many rulers' houses he passed by that day to get to Zacchaeus' house. But I do know this. I know when the boy, the man, jumped out of the tree and he had a real encounter with Jesus and Jesus ate with him. This is what he said. This is what real Jesus' transformation looks like. He said, hey, listen, if I've wronged anybody, if I've taken more at my occupation than I should, this is the way I'm going to do it, Master. I'm going to return fourfold to them. If I took $1,000 under the table and put it in my pocket, I'm going to take them $4,000 back. You see, when you are Jesus... Hallelujah! When you are Jesus walking on this earth, you're going to do the right thing. It's not going to have to be something that's premeditated because it's who you are now. You don't have to think about it or plan it out. It's just who you are. You've left Moab and you've dedicated your life. You've dedicated who you are. You don't even want your same identity. You want to be defined by Calvary. And that's what this this lady did when she made her mind up to stay with her mother-in-law. She set herself up. When you get saved, When you get saved, you do that. You say, well, I'm I'm leaving Moab. Now, y'all, Moab, I'm getting away from you. I was there, but I'm leaving you now. And you say, Lord, this is what I want to do. I come prepared today, and y'all are blessed because of it. When you leave everything, and you say, here I am. Lord, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. I don't care about it. That's not who I am. It doesn't own me. And and you know, another Bible story, I'm trying to get somewhere and and be through. But listen, another Bible story, rich young ruler. He's not interested in the 90%. 90% is 100% disobedient. You can't have a foot in Moab, folks. You can't have a, if you love this life, If every day you are consumed about what you're going to do next or what you're going to buy or where you're going to go or or, or what's going to happen next, if that's the thing that is consuming you, you have not met this Jesus that Zacchaeus jumped out of the tree to meet. You have not met the Jesus that hung on a cross As they say in the way of the Master, you've met a Jesus, but it's one that you've created and formed that's okay with you and the 90% or the one-footed. You've you've made a Jesus. You've created a God. you've, You've created one that just tolerates and does, and you haven't tasted and seen that it's really the Lord God, Jehovah, that is good. You just got a form of godliness, and God wants to liberate me from that. He wants me to know, Opie, it's okay to completely get out of Moab so I can show you what's going to take place. And here we are. So when you come to Jesus, you say, Lord, I'm through with me. I'm through with my life. I don't want this anymore. And then verse 12 tells you what it looks like. This is what Boaz told Ruth. He said, the Lord repay you because he knew all she had done for her mother-in-law, all she had left. And I believe this was the Lord speaking directly to her. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come forth for refuge. When you come to Jesus Christ, folks, you get a full reward in Jesus. When you come to Jesus Christ, He gives you more than you ever bargained for than you ever imagined when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you say yeah I know that's valuable that's a lot to the world and all that but I'm here and Lord I want you I want eternal life I want to live this life abundantly now and I I want everything you have for me and when you do that the Lord says listen I'm going to not only give you a reward that won't rot or rust or fade away in glory I'm going to bless you in ways you never could imagine right now because you left this world's life and you wanted my life and because you did that because you had every right to do something else but you chose me the Lord says I gave you free will but you didn't choose Moab you chose me and because you chose me and the cross and the empty grave and the promise that I'm coming back to get you one day I'm going to bless you I'm gonna set you apart from everybody else that goes through the motions and you're really gonna see just how big I am when I get through with you that's what God said and so he did that he did just that the Bible says that when you come to the Lord and you know and you believe the Lord even though you haven't seen him and now I'd ask you to raise your hand but you don't have to do that this morning I know that the Lord's soon to return. I've heard it for almost 55 years. I know that, but one of these times I won't be here to say that. I won't be here to say that. Well, I, I heard it and it happened because it's going to happen in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And if I got caught up in Moab, I don't know about that. If, 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 if I get caught up and I just say, Well, it was good. I enjoyed the ride for a while. You know, we, we, we want God on our own terms. We want God. We want God, and we still, every now and then, we just need to go get us a little bit over here in Moab. And God says, no, 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 it don't work that way. Jesus didn't have one hand nailed to the cross or one foot. I'm telling you, they ripped the man apart on that cross. They ripped him to shreds. They ripped him to shreds so you could be saved so you wouldn't have to feel like, well, I've just got to be a pawn and a puppet for the devil in this life. He says, no, I've got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and I've got victory over everything. It's okay for you to leave Moab, Ruth, because I've got something that Moab doesn't have. And so when you come to the Lord, the Bible says this, and I know this for a fact, and I know many of you know this, 1 Peter chapter 15 or... uh, chapter 2 rather 1 verse 8 says that i hadn't seen him but i believe but i do know this that it's joy unspeakable and it's full of glory i can't explain everything to you i can't explain to you why god does what he does but i do know that it's joy unspeakable full of glory and you know last week when i talked about how bitter she was how she was and she was blaming god the almighty did this to me the almighty mm, almighty don't like me no more that's the attitude she had by the way that was not in my notes just then but that's the kind of attitude she had she just said the almighty don't even call me do y'all remember that don't even call me naomi no more. just call me mara because i it, it's just all bitter God has dealt me a bitter blow it's not enough that my sons and my husband now i got a daughter All that really did take me up on it and, and and I'm left with one but the Bible says this that when all this happened and I'm kind of closing right here when all of this happened right here folks if you go over to verse 20 and you need to really read this whole chapter when you get home it's not long because I can't tell you everything. When all of this happened, and Boaz had told all the people after she had went and gleaned all these fields, she picked all this stuff up everywhere, Boaz said, look, when she's gleaning, he told his crew, he said, y'all make sure, you on purpose, you leave some good stuff behind so she can get it. And she got it, and, and then he invited her to eat supper that night with everybody else. And when it come around, when the plate came around, she even got a doggy bag for her mother-in-law. Read it. It don't say doggy bag, but she took some home. She got a doggy bag and she took it home. And then when and and, and when Naomi found out about all this and how Boaz had loaded her down with all kinds of provisions from the field that day, she wasn't bitter no more. Nothing has happened to her directly. But see, God's moving in somebody else's life and she's getting blessed for it because God's completing in Naomi's life what he set out to do before she was even born. And I want you to notice in closing just how her story changed in verse 20. Now, nothing has happened to Naomi, folks. Nothing. Everything we read about, this happened to Ruth, the young lady, under 25 years old. Listen to me. This happened to her. But it affected Naomi. Then Naomi said, verse 20, to her daughter-in-law, when she found out it was Boaz because he was a relative of her husband Elimelech, she said, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken, listen, his kindness to the living and the dead and Naomi said to her this man is a relative of ours one of our close relatives and I want to tell you before I ask you to stand up this this right here God loves us when we don't feel like God loves us and I told you last week that when God puts a Ruth in your life you better be thankful for it it doesn't matter and I went through the list it doesn't matter what it is even if it stings or it's aggravating having that thorn in your flesh like Paul had and he said I asked the Lord to remove it but no he must have knew better because I didn't want that thorn in my flesh and his grace by the way is enough it's sufficient for me when God puts a word in you whether it's through Sunday morning or you are reading it on your own or it's something that you recall from a long time ago or you hear it in a song on the radio whatever it is or it's somebody in your life that you love and you trust and you admire when God puts a root, in whatever form in our lives folks we got to make sure that we pray and we thank God we don't abandon them we don't say well I just need some me time I need to be my myself no you don't no you don't You need somebody that can pray when you can't pray. You need somebody that can listen to you and tolerate you when you can't even tolerate yourself, let alone others around you. When God puts a word in your life, you need to embrace it. If it rips you apart or it rocks you like a baby, you need to let God do his work because it can turn a Naomi that's bitter and blaming God into somebody that's blessing God. And that's what God wants me to say today before i pray that it might be bitter to you you might be blaming god god just did this prematurely he didn't know what he was doing he don't know all the ways it's affected me over the years he don't know the sleepless nights i've had and all that i've had to endure but you don't know the end of the story you see because what happened and i'm getting ahead again in case you don't hear no more of this what happened she would marry this man she would marry Boaz Ruth would marry Boaz and they would give birth to a child by the name of Obed that would be the granddaddy of David the boy with the sling and through the lineage of David Jesus Christ would be born the Savior of your soul but see Naomi didn't know that when she was at the funeral home or the graveyard or trying to get food in the middle of a famine all she could do was shake her fist at God and blame God and do all this but see God had a Ruth in her life that was willing to leave Moab so it would get Naomi out of her trouble and so that the Savior of the world would ultimately born. Don't ever despise what God's doing in your life is what I come to tell you today. I'm going to ask you to stand if you will because the Lord Jesus gave His life for you but do you ever stop and think about who was a part of that process? who was a part of that process this lady right here that I'm telling you about today Ruth this young lady that had to bury a husband before she was even able to bear children for him why Ruth is a part of the process of Jesus Christ being born to this earth you don't know what's a part of the process that you're going through or you will go or you have gone through you have no idea I have no idea what all happened years ago I I don't even know the end results this is not the end this is great but this is not the end I don't think I will know until I'm through I don't think you will know but I do know this God is always doing something bigger for you than what's happened to you. I don't know, folks, why for two weeks we're going down this road. This haven't, hasn't been the theme. This hasn't been what, what I've what I planned. But I want, I want you to understand this. God's not so caught up in everything that he's not able to meet your need where you are right now. but God's not so busy that maybe he needs you to see if any part of you's in Moab neither because it might not only bless you and hook you up but you don't know the Naomi's in your life that it might get them out of the just by you refusing to go back to Moab by you saying well that life ain't all that I'm head over heels in for Jesus now I'm going to do what God needs me to do I'm going to be what he needs people shouldn't have done what they did I realize that I'm living proof of that. Just because you get jagged up by somebody else's poor judgment doesn't give you permission to ever stoop down and get on their level. But it gives you permission to say, Well, look, that's an incentive for me to, to try to do better than they did and not make the same decisions that they made and mistakes they made and I'm going to just let God do what he wants to do and I'm going to just say bye to all of that I don't need that I don't need to cuss to be cool I don't need to socially drink to be cool and I'm going to say some stuff probably going to offend people okay I don't care I I don't need to show my body to be cool I I don't need to uh, throw around my weight at work to to get uh, noticed I don't need to cheat to get good grades just so I'll be recognized I don't need to steal or lie a little bit on a time clock. I, I I don't need to do all that. I know I've left all that. That's what I did when I was in Moab, you see. I don't want that god anymore. I don't want that life anymore. I don't want that. So see, by you just searching your heart, and that's what David prayed, that's what God showed me. Cuz you know what? I'll be biased toward me sometime. Will y'all ever are y'all ever biased toward yourself sometime? God, well it all seems good right here then God will just start digging, and he'll say, Well, you yeah, know, you still got a little bit of that Moab in you because you won't let go of that root of bitterness right there. You still want people to know you in charge. So you, you, at work or wherever you you still want people to know that you are it. You have arrived. And so he digs and he digs and he digs. That's when I need to come right here and I need to get on my face and say, Lord, you can't use me in a great and mighty way. I can't be a blessing I can't help the Naomi's out in my life if I'm still holding on to that so the Lord says let's do something about it right now so I want to ask you today again all of the people all of the people in the place that just want to say Lord help me to shake loose a Moab so we can get on with the show you don't know what he'll tell you you don't know what he'll show you and, it, and let me say something before we move or do anything it, it doesn't mean that you are just you are comatose it, it means that you are just mindful see people talk about everything from money to stuff to positions to sports all this let me tell you something there's nothing wrong with all these things there's nothing wrong with all these things the pro, just like there's nothing wrong with your job or your house. The problem is with anything that God has gifted you with or blessed you with, when it starts making decisions for you and it starts defining who you are and you have to do things in order to keep that because that's important to you. That's when all those things together. And you know, one of the most uh, misquoted scriptures in the Bible is this that money is the root of all evil it ain't in that book and I told you that that's not in that book the Bible says this and money represents material things not just currency but the Bible says the love of money see you can be on welfare and not have but a case of quarter in your pocket and be in love with a dollar bill so it's not money it's not cars and it's not houses it's not clothes it's not vacations it's nothing wrong it's not working it's nothing wrong with that folks and it's not caring about your image so that you can conduct yourself in a holy way because without holiness nobody will see God but it's just this it don't own me it don't it, it, it doesn't define me it, it's a screwdriver in a toolbox that I have but I am the person that left all that so God can do what he wants to do in my life so here today the Lord just asked me to ask all of us do you want to just come and meet me at this altar and say Lord I just want to look around inside of here right now and see if there's any part of Moab that that I need to get rid of that I so I can get on with the show and I can start being a better blessing and freeing up these Naomi's in my life anybody at all I'm not looking for one or a dozen or everybody I'm asking you, this is between you and God. And while you are coming, if anybody comes, I want to tell everyone else that's not a believer, I want you to listen to me. Jesus died. Jesus died so that you could get out of Moab. See, there is something better than this life back here. There's something a whole lot better than all this right here. And it's called living in Christ. And if you're not alive in Christ, you are dead in Moab. You are dead in in the United States of America. And what you have to do is realize just what I read to you today. You've got to say, Lord, I don't want it anymore. You left me on this earth in whatever shape i'm in you left me on this earth so that i could be a blessing to other people I, I could i could be what ruth was the naomi i can be to this world so i need a savior and you're the only one there is there is no other way i need a savior so would you forgive me of my sins i i, I leave it all behind i i want you to come to my house lord I'm tired of looking at you from a distance and wondering if I want to be a Christian. I'm just tired of that. I need to be saved today. I need to be saved on the spot. And I repent of my sins. I got more questions than I do answer, but I'm not concerned about anything. But will you take me? And the Bible says, yes, he will. If you come to him, he will in no wise cast you out. If you're here in this place today, you'll come right here. I'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. If you're online, all you got to do is pray that prayer, or a similar prayer. Lord, I need a Savior today. God, we gather at this altar. I uh, Lord, know that the enemy fights us. God, and He a lot of times makes me gloat in what I think is self-righteousness, Lord. But God, I want you to be able to do a Ruth type of work in my life. God, and I'll honor my my daddy's still alive. My in-laws are alive. God. I will honor them. God, I'll honor others around. I want to fulfill your word. God, I I will honor even people that can't do anything for me. I'll honor them, Lord. I. I want to leave Moab. I I don't want to serve myself anymore. So God, help me to look around inside of this closet and see if there's something that needs to go to the dump right now. Maybe it's my attitude, Lord. Maybe my lack of patience. I I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, I, I want to be the solution. Father, and we do, we need this today. I pray over every person at this altar, those that are praying, those that are searching, those that really want you, and they realize we're living in a time where we don't even really need to contemplate anything else, Lord. You could come back before I open my eyes. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, everything about me would belong to you. Everything about me would represent you, Lord. My speech, my personality, my demeanor, Lord. Everything about me would spell Jesus Christ. God, I want to be a hope-giving vessel, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, because there's so many Naomi's, Lord. They're bitter. They just think that you are against them. And God, you can use me to help them out. So, Lord, I pray. Show me, Lord, what I need to adjust, what I need to change, what I need to let go of, Lord, what I need to part ways with, or what I just need to get better at, Lord. Help me to see. I pray this week, Lord, we'd be about your business. I pray this week, Lord, that our focus would be on you. I pray this week, Lord, that we would not not do anything contrary to your word that's going to grieve you. I ask you, Lord, to help us to be mindful of you at all times. Help us to be mindful of what goes into our minds and our hearts and our spirit through our telephones, through our TVs, our computers, and even our circle, our friends. Lord, help us to be the influencer. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer.